Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Wills, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. We are going to have a great show for you as usual. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Today, first checking in, ATL checking in, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, my brother. Michael Rudnan, I'm out today. Quick share. Catch you next time. Thank you for sharing, brother. If you're just joining us, please remember, share on your Twitter, share on your Tumblr, share on your wall, share on your page. That is how we're going to make a difference, folks. Uh, Bridge MCP, have a good weekend. I think she's talking to El Senor Rutnin, and she says, check your FB messages. I think that really means that I may have what I am looking for. Let me see if it's what I am looking for that I think just maybe she did. Anyhow, that is the leader of our PDR Posse, folks. That's the leader of our PDR Posse. That's the leader of our PDR Posse. And guess what? It is. Great, I got to get that all checked in. Thank you very much, Bridge. That's what I'm talking about, girl. Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Um, look, I am going to start all of my shows going forward because this bill, the COVID relief bill, is huge. It is huge. It's not only about COVID relief. It's about stuff that should have been done for a very, very... Did I get something on me? No, not, that's just a reflection. It should have been done. A very, very... Actually, I did get something on me. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry about that. Just happened. But I'm going to take care of it. All right. Not supposed to be that way. Does that mean I need to put on a coat? Well, maybe. Maybe you'll see me with a coat in a little bit. Anyhow, look, folks. As it turns out, I'm going to say this over and over and over again. And it goes like this. Not... One Republican voted for the COVID relief bill, which is also an anti-poverty bill, which is a, it's all also get us out of this funk bill. Okay? Not one Republican voted for it, and they are now many. Well, one that I know of, I think it's either Alabama or Mississippi, is now taking credit. Oh, the bill contains something that you want, but... They didn't say, I voted against it. Please, people, my brothers and sisters, my Republican brothers and sisters, remember this. When you were in dire straits, those of you in Appalachia, those of you that are having a hard time wherever you're living, those of you who want that $1,400, remember the Republican representative that, uh, that you voted for did not want to give you that. It is important that you understand that. They do not care about you. There was no problem voting for a tax cut of $2.3 trillion, but a $1.9 trillion bill that not only solved our problem with the, with the, with the COVID-19 problem, but much of what's in with a whole lot of kids in poverty, with a whole lot of people who need support with their kids so they can get to a job. It did a whole lot of stuff for the average person. I, yesterday I showed you the comparison. And I think somebody, I, I, I think it was uh, somebody sent me, I, want, I, I should have downloaded that. I thought I downloaded it. A, a link to a, a, a chart that shows how this bill, I think Hope sent it to me. I'm gonna I gotta go look for it. This bill went ahead and went directly to the people. 
The Republican bill gave a big tax break to the rich folks and say, I hope you let a little bit of those crumbs fall down, to which they said, hell no, we'll just buy back stocks. We will do things to make us even richer. And that's why this pandemic for those people on the top, they made out like bandits. America, my brothers and sisters on the conserv- from the conservative field, from the conservative domain, please, please understand they don't care about you. They just need to use you for a vote. That's it. But if it's for them, that massive amount of relief that is coming to you would not have been there. And with all these great things that are happening, well, anyhow, let's go ahead and talk about what the show is going to be about, and then we'll go ahead and get busy. So what is the show titled today? The show is titled today, What's in the COVID Relief Bill? Fake News and Misinformation Explained at the University of Houston. Well, I gave a little panel. I was on a panel at the University of Houston, and I'm going to play that uh, panel, the the, the parts that I participated on on the panel. But beforehand, I want to show you something. Uh, Jen Seki, I love this woman. I love the press secretary. With all these great things that are happening, with all these great things that are happening, Good things are happening to people now because of this bill. Listen to this reporter, but listen to how Jen Psaki dispatched him. So again, let me cue that up again. We just had a great bill passed, the COVID relief bill, which is more than COVID. It took care of poverty, of it, it cut poverty in half. It also, well, I'm going to talk about the bill in a little bit. So, But anyhow, we had a big bill that did a whole lot of good stuff. And what did this reporter, what was of concern to this reporter? Check this out. Go ahead. Um, last night, the, the president again said more Americans had died from COVID-19 than died in World War One, World War II, Vietnam War, and, and now at 9-11. The numbers don't bear that out. So, so why has he said that again for a second time? Well, I think it's, I'll have to check on that specifically for you. Uh, I don't have the numbers all in front of me either, but if it's important to you, I will follow up with you after the briefing on it. Well, you've been called out for it once before, so it was a surprise. We know he did a line-by-line edit, so it's a surprise that it went in again. Well, I'm glad you're focused on the important business, but I'm happy to check on it for you. Now, is that a ridicule or what? I'm glad you focused on the important business. Americans are starving. Americans are having problems. We finally got a relief bill. Some people are going to start seeing their $1,400 check tomorrow. Okay? Some will see the checks in their banks tomorrow. And that's what he's talking about. Oh, uh, when, when he said that the, the 530-something million Americans that are dead are more than the World War II, World War I, and Vietnam combined. That, those numbers aren't quite accurate, sir, because if you really do the calculations, you'll find that it's really 600 million people who died if you add up all those things that you added up there. Okay. After having Donald Trump as the liar-in-chief for four years... Please, let's get real. Let's get real after having the liar-in-chief for that many years. Well, what I want to do here is, is, is something else. I want to uh, tell, explain to people what's in that bill. Okay, because I think, I think too many, uh, you know, I, I think for too many Americans, when you see bills like this, it is sort of, uh, 
you know, it, it's sort of what's real in there. So anyhow, this article from MSNBC is important. President Joe Biden signed a massive COVID-19 stimulus bill into law Thursday, touting provisions that will put money into the pockets of millions. But the bill is more than stimulus payments and jobless benefits. It also includes a litany of programs, health insurance subsidies, cash for kids allowances slash child poverty, state and local aid, uh, which can't be used to cut taxes. In other words, the states like Texas can't say, okay, we're going to take all this money, we're going to cut taxes for the rich. In other words, transferring all your money to the rich. That's what they normally do. They can't do that with this. They have to account for this money being used specifically for something and not offsetting something to cause a decline in, 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 in taxes. And money for schools, restaurants, pensions, homeowners, renters, farmers, and funerals. Here are some of the key provisions. Uh, well, we know what the stimulus is going to get. $1,400 for people who make under $7,500, and it, it'll be tapered off, I think, up on until $80,000. That's, that's the first part. But it also boosts the child credit from $2,000 to $3,600 per child under 6 and 3000 for children under 6 to 17. It makes a credit fully refundable. What that means, normally you get a tax credit. A tax credit assumes that, let's say I paid $5,000 in taxes, that's what I'm supposed to pay. Because I have a kid, they'll give me back some of that as a tax credit. But it's deeper than that. It's, a tax, it, it's more than a tax credit because it's refundable fully. Because let's say I make so little that I only paid $2,500 in taxes, I'll still get that $3,000 because that is what it's required to lift me out of poverty. These aren't giveaways, folks. These are normalizing the mistakes of a frayed economic system. These are, these are, this is the only thing that can save capitalism as we know it. Why? Because capitalism as practice is completely flawed in the way it assigns worth and distributes money, it distributes it up to the top. And people that are working hard every day can't pay their bills. Well, what this does is it normalizes things. It creates or it fixes the aberration within the capitalist structure. So I don't want those people that are receiving these subsidies or those people that are, that are working, they're working their asses off. And they're receiving these subsidies. And some people on the, on the right would like them to feel, uh, you're getting a handout. You're not getting a handout. You're getting a correction for a flawed system. That's what you're getting. You are getting a correction due you by a flawed system. It also covers funerals, vaccines, farmers. You know, we, for a long time, when farmers were getting assistance in growing, etc., Black farmers and Latino farmers and Native American farmers were left out. Much of that has been, or some of that is being mitigated by this bill. Only under this administration, never done before. Amtrak gets some money. Housing, people that are going to be thrown out of their homes, uh, we, that is also mitigated. We, we make sure that people can go back to school safely. In other words, we're going to invest the money in those air filters. We're going to invest the money in those distancing tools. We're going to invest the money in all these. In other words, practical things. Practical things so that people can live, so that people can have a good life. In other words, we don't have to sit down and beg for a good life. We shouldn't have to. We make this economy go. Obamacare and COBRA money. COBRA is that policy in which... 
if your job lays you off, you can still keep the insurance that your job had at an extremely high price. It's it's another it's another well you know what that is anyhow this bill pays the cobra for you uh, and you know this is all I mean we are all setting up for Medicare for all okay I mean that, that's the bottom line we are getting ready Americans are you know I sat down here at a I think I told you guys a story at a Starbucks out here and talked to a woman woman Republican woman nice lady and we started discussing about what would we want in a healthcare system. And by the time I was done talking to her, she agreed with everything. I felt guilty. It was Medicare for all that I described to her, and it's what she wanted. And when she found out, it was, oh, my God, you're so nice. I'm like, that's not the point. Let's see. Egberto, don't get me wrong, but a one-time payment will help, but isn't enough to slash poverty because it's temporary. Um, Deborah, you see, again, it is sold as the $1,400. That's not where the poor people... It's not the $1,400 that they're looking at. It's the $3,000 per child. It, you know, I mean, you have people in that at the end of this, time, the poor people will get $10,000 plus out of this bill. Long overdue. These are people that are working their butts off. They're going to get $10,000. The idea is to give this in this bill. And then to make these child subsidies permanent, just like they are in other places in Europe where kids don't have to go. This is just the pilot program. This is a pilot program for us to finally start a movement to a humane economic system. Not an economic system that steals the money and keep it up for the top. You know, so it's not, you know, uh, let's see, the duck that quacks says the poor single folks are looking at $1,400 and thinking, that's it. You know, uh, I, I, I get the point there. You know, I get the point there. Um, I, I don't have an answer for that as far as a single person getting $1,400 and that's it. I, I don't have an answer for that yet. That's a, that's a good point there. I, I think the, the idea behind that is that if you were working you will continue to get that extra $300 per month above and beyond what your state provides in unemployment compensation up and until September 9th or 6th. I don't remember which date. So you got to help me there. But restaurants and all of those guys are going to be make whole. State and local funds will be protected. Pensions that were going to go bankrupt, and if they went bankrupt, it didn't only affect those people. It affected tons Tons. For married people, it's actually 14 plus 14, 2,800. Egberto, the max is five fifty six hundred dollars for family of five. Uh, there, there, are, there are actually provisions in there where a family would end up with $10,000, Deborah. I, I'll have to look it up for you. But I'm coming close to the time where I have to play uh, the video from the thing that I did with the uh, school. So I'll go there and then... We'll come back after this and have a little chat, and I'll talk a little bit. Brian Snaps, the unemployment uh, supplement is 300 per week, above and beyond what you get from your, uh, state, uh, your state government. Okay, let's get busy, and I'll go to that UHD thing. Our next speaker, I think you will find just as fascinating as Mr. Tedesco. He is Mr. Egberto Willies. He is a political activist, author, political blogger, and host of Politics Done Right 
on several networks, including Pacifica's KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. He is a former business owner, software developer, web designer, and mechanical engineer. He is an ardent progressive that believes tolerance is essential. His favorite phrase is political involvement should be a requirement of citizenship. He has made a commitment to deliver the progressive to counteract our pervasive misinforming media sources. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Willies. It is my pleasure. Uh, can you see me? I, I, it kind of went away. There we go. All right, thank you so kindly for having me uh, presenting here. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say that I am the host of a radio show, but mostly an activist. As an activist, uh, as opposed to as, uh, John Tedesco, I am more into an activist journalist modal. He is a, he's very responsible in the way he, he gathers his information. And there's a, there are a few differences there between host, bloggers, etc. Um, fake news and misinformation. First of all, I, I love what he had to say where he says, uh, it used to be that we had a market of ideas. It used to be that we, uh, that we knew that uh, we could all have different ideas, come together and, and fuse it and, and do something about it. That is no longer the case many times. Now, how did this all start? It, 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 fake news is something that has been around for a long time, but there is a science to it right now. There's a, there's a memo that was put out by Mr. Lewis, uh, who became eventually the Supreme Court uh, Justice. And within that memo, he realized that people were getting, I, I hate to put it this way, but people were getting very smart. They asked several things about our economy. They asked several things about our government. Why are things working this way? Why is it that we have we don't have more control. And if you remember, well, you uh, uh, young people won't remember this because you were too young. But uh, in those days, uh, people started to make more money. Unions were, were developing. All these things were happening to improve your state of life, to improve what you were. They realized that that was a danger to the basic system in this country. And in being a danger to the country, they had to mitigate it. And how did they do it? Lewis Powell created something known as the, Ritz wrote something known as the Powell Manifesto. Under the Powell Manifesto, many things got created. Many organizations got created that gave, gave false information plausibility. In other words, it gave the impression that when you hear, when you get documents from the Heritage Foundation, from the Cato Institute, from the Manhattan Institute, from the Citizens of uh, Sound Economy, you actually thought these, this was good information, but other people depended on that information to spill uh, the kinds of things that have exploded now into fake news. And we all believe it. We have the Fox Newses of the world and the AONs of the world and the Newsmaxes of the world that whose sole purpose is to deliver that type of information. Now, what was this designed for? This was designed to create exactly what we have today, which is polarization of the body politic, polarization of the people. And it uses the weaknesses of traditional journalism to get its point across. If you take a look at what uh, John Tedesco had to say, who works for great work from the Houston Chronicle. I blogged about that piece that he did. Great piece. And it's interesting because where he follows the rules, some of those rules are a hindrance to the truth. 
And what I mean by that is that if you take a look at the, the, the amount of information that goes out today, when many of the traditional journalists go out there today, they say, what does Donald Trump have to say? And what does Biden have to say? And supposedly, if you are a straight line journalist, they do the speaking and they do the and, and the journalist does the reporting. This guy gets an opportunity to get on air, no matter what he says. Now, when it comes to what I call new journalism, bloggers, we need them both, bloggers, etc. They they have the authority, the will to go ahead and say what you're talking about is a lie and make it a bit more forceful. Now, like I said, fake news isn't a new thing. It is not at all a new thing. We've had McCarthyism and uh, those the days when uh, we had the Red Scare and and they came out and they accused uh, people of being communists. Communist was the word then, right? We were going to become a communist country. Everybody is scared of the word communism. What does it really mean? Nobody really knows what it means, but they are scared of communism. They even made socialism into communism. And there were problems there. So that was a lot of fake news going on then. The Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was fake news. We weren't supposed to have 56 people, 56,000 people dead. We were just there to monitor. But we always knew what we were doing. When the bombings were occurring, we all knew what it was doing. It was misinformation. It was lies. It was fake news. So it's not new. War on drugs. You know, we look at war and drugs and we go into the ghettos and the barrios. And the people that we see doing drugs look like me or look like some, somebody else. And that is a picture everybody sees as drugs. When you talk about uh, crack cocaine and you see what it looks like, that person who's going to go to jail, that is, what, that is what criminality looks like. That is what drugs look like. And the newspapers put that out because it's either or either. And we put them away. That was fake news because it didn't give you the totality of the picture of the war on drugs. It didn't tell you that in Appalachia, there was a problem. It didn't tell you that the poverty in Appalachia, the poverty elsewhere was really the problem. Fake news? But we didn't call it that then because it wasn't affecting everybody, right? And that is one of the issues that we have, the interpretation of criminality. We go ahead and we, we, we hear statistics about where crime is. And you look in the newspapers, that's the same thing that you see, where crime is. And you look at the FBI statistics, and it comes out, and it really does look like there is a preponderance of crime based on ethnicity, based on locale, based on these things. Is that real news? No, that's fake news. The entry into the criminal system is based on the police who meets people. And if they meet people, and that's the ones that documented Criminality looks different than reality. Is that real news or is that fake news? So while we look at Donald Trump and all these other issues as being a new thing of fake news, we have been living through fake news for a long time. Most of your minds have been created or have been, uh, have been modified by what fake news is. Your thoughts on race, your thoughts on, uh, on sexism, your thoughts on homosexuality, your thoughts of, on all those things, most of the times have been based on fake news, many times coming from institutes that have the plausibility of reality, which in generally is not the case. 
So we have to have a completely new paradigm as far as uh, w whenever we discuss fake news, whenever we discuss misinformation, etc. You know, as an engineer, I know that one plus one would always equal to two. I know that F is always equal to MA. Force is equal to mass through acceleration. We know all those things, right? But there are certain things about the news that, that, that we talk about social-wise that we don't because they're not black and white. I remember one of the things that really bugged me earlier on in life under the presidency of Bill Clinton. And you notice that's the only picture I have in the presentation right now. Is I remember when Bill Clinton signed the welfare reformed bill. And there was Bill Clinton sitting down with signing that bill. And there were two black women, the stereotypical thing, a fat black woman and an average black woman next to him as the representation of welfare. And nobody said anything. Nobody said anything in the news. I didn't hear any newspaper said, why was that the picture of welfare? Was that real news or was that fake news? That was one of the most important pieces of legislation passed. But what it also showed, it inculcated into the minds of people that that was the view of welfare. Most people on welfare don't look like them. The vast majority of giveaways in the country don't go to people that look like that. But if you look at all the news today, you are going to believe that because that is what's presented. The Iraq war. We had a war that was based completely and entirely on lies and the people who promoted it, who worked for the New York Times, who worked for all these other places, Nobody paid a real price. Well, one woman from New York went to jail because she didn't reveal her sources. But nobody paid for it, right? Fake news? Of course. So are we wondering now why Americans are so susceptible to the news that they hear? i tell you a quick story. Um, I, I blog a lot. I, I have, I, I, I'm a blogger. I'm a radio show host. And I, I used to blog at Starbucks a whole lot. Sat down with this woman and talking, and, and she just said, I see you in here all of the times. What are you doing here? I'm blogging, etc." Oh, that's nice. She talks, and then she, she started to get into insurance and that sort of stuff. And we started talking about insurance. And she started to tell me what her health insurance was all about and why she hated her health insurance. And I started to give her, I, I gave her, uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if this? Wouldn't it be nice if healthcare did this? Wouldn't it be nice if healthcare did that? And this, I live in Kingwood. I'm in a very conservative area, right? I'm the only liberal progressive crazy out here in a bastion of conservatism. So I'm a, a conservative Starbucks, and she probably thinks I'm a conservative. And she's agreeing with absolutely everything I said. It would be nice if healthcare did this. What I described to her was Medicare for all. And she loved it. And I felt guilty because I knew that this woman was a conservative. And I finally said, ma'am, I just want to let you know that what I just described to you was Medicare for all. And I am a very progressive Democrat out here. And she looked at me in horror and she said, but you're so nice. And then I said, ma'am, you need to go have some lunch with the, you need to go have some lunch with the liberal ladies who lunch out here because the truth of the matter is we all are nice. Liberals are nice. Progressives are nice. All folks are nice. It's what's put on us that makes us not nice.
It's what they are doing to us. And you young folks that are out there, if there's one thing I can get across to you is don't let those strings pull you. Use your minds. Because your minds are better than the, peop- the minds of the folks my age because we done screwed things up. Immigration. I spoke to a guy on immigration at Starbucks again. He comes in and he says, Egberto, um, you know, we need to get rid of those, you know, what and this and that and that. I'm an immigrant now. I said, oh, come on, look. And then we, I go into a few things and I said, I tell you what, my friend, uh, go ahead and look up social security, look up immigration, look up taxes and all of that. Don't tell me what you find, but just look it up and learn a little bit about that and go to objective sources, not only Heritage Foundation or the KDR Institute. And a few weeks pass and this guy comes into the place and he slaps me on the back and he says, hey, I have something to tell you and you're going to love it. I'm like, what? He said, I am all for immigration now, but I want more. And I'm like, oh, really? And then he said, oh, yes, because you know what? It turns out that if we have more immigrants, my social security check can be better. So, you know, that's a right wing guy talking, right? In other words, I agree with it as long as I can see a direct benefit for me. But it's okay. I'll take it. I will take whatever it is to move us forward. Anyhow, so um, the misinformation has, why are we taking misinformation seriously, so seriously now? Because we are starting to see that it is starting to have a direct effect on us, right? You remember in the Obama days, market, market-based health care is all we wanted to talk about and, to, and is, is all they, they wanted. Obamacare was socialism, right? Death panels, throwing grandma over the cliff. But guess what? Now a lot of folks are seeing coronavirus. Oh my God, how am I going to pay for this? Suddenly it's starting to have an effect. So the fake news of uh, the, some of the fake news that was out there is being mitigated as we create new ones to counteract the other immigration. No, people are taking your jobs. They're bringing diseases to you. Truth? No. Truth of the matter is, the people from these Central American countries, from where I'm from, we have a higher vaccination rate generally than here in the United States. Bringing diseases? Not really. Taking your jobs? No, bringing jobs. Most people that come over here, come over here wanting to do jobs because that, that culture, they had to just do more. America is a very cool place, man. Very cool place. Illegals voting? First of all, no one should be called an illegal. It's an undocumented worker within the United States. But illegal? No. Uh, do these, which, uh, the, 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 that we talk about, that we allow voter fraud to enter our lexicon is uh, ask us to deny our mindset. Ask us to de- deny that we have a mind. Why? If you are an undocumented worker here, uh, why would you ris- risk going to vote illegally if you know that's an easier way to get you kicked out of the country? And voter fraud? Why would one person doing one vote that has an inconsequential event or result? Why would you risk spending time in jail to do that? Voter fraud machines? Now, that's something that you may want to consider looking at. No, you know, without a paper trail, I, I, I'll give you that. But there's no evidence of any of that. How corrosive is this? When we look at what occurred in Texas, the freeze, 
the freeze occurred because uh, we didn't winterize the plants, even though it was suggested by the federal government. Texas has its own grid. Most of Texas has its own grid. It was suggested that you go out there and you clean up and, and you, you make sure it doesn't get affected by cold. We didn't do that. Our governor comes out and says the reason why we had the, the cold is because the windmills fail. And if you think the Green New Deal is going to save you, this is just an example of what the Green New Deal is going to do for you. Completely lying and makes no sense. Fake news, of course. Misinformation, of course. But we are so polarized in the way we have, we have allowed them to polarize us such that our minds work through the poles first, through the polarization first, and then through the intelligence. So we have to be careful. Now the guy went ahead and says, oh, I'm opening the state up because we want our freedom. I'm opening the state. Businesses need to be doing fine. But of course, we really know what it is. It's spring break, guys. They want your money. They want you to go to, they want you to, go to the beach. Young people, go to the beach. Go spend your money. If you get homesick, they make money on all sides. They make money when you got to pay the health care bill. They make money when you spend your money. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So um, what is the solution to all of this in my humble opinion? My humble opinion is conversation. That's what I do all the time on the radio. My thing is to talk to everybody. Listen to everybody. I listen to the conservative, the anarchist, the, the communist, the socialist, the everyist that you want to be. I want to hear you. And I'm not only talking about, and when I say I, I mean us. We should all want to hear each other. You sit down and you listen. You sit down and you, you try to see where that person is coming from. Because generally speaking, if you give the, if you give the respect to somebody, that you're going to listen to them. Generally speaking, that, that is reciprocated. Generally speaking, that is reciprocated. Then I also put in there selflessness. There are times that you have to say, I am going to be the better person. I am going to be the one that gets beat up for a better good. I have been called as being a, a host, being a blogger. I have been called every name, nasty thing you can think of. And I know you guys pretty much know what kind of nasty names I could likely, I was likely called all the time. And many times the response to it is, okay. Do you feel better now? Let's have a conversation. And the reason why is because our, our polarization with fake news and everything else that keeps us polarized is by design. It's, the, it's how we keep a very small amount of people in power over you by controlling you, making sure you hate somebody else. And if you hate somebody else, you don't have time to understand who is screwing you. And that's the bottom line. The bottom line is once you break that, once you break the control from the puppeteer, once you break that, we can actually make progress. And that's why it will take some selflessness from many of us, those of us who can stomach it, all of you can't, but some can, so that we can actually move forward because it is in, it, it is, they are dependent on us being at each other's throat. And I can tell you for one, I will not be at anybody's throat. I want to be everybody's 
everybody so that we can move forward. So I hope you got something out of what I had to say and thank you so kindly. Thank you, Mr. Willies. Our next question was asked um, to Mr. Willies about his identification as an activist and does he think that this gives him more leeway in his reporting than John in his more traditional journalism role? Also in the chat, we've had a student that has come on several times and addressed Mr. Egberto directly with some questions that he would like to talk about. And so I appreciate that student for bringing in his perspective. And I know Mr. Willies would like to, um, perhaps Mr. Willies, if you can explain what this question, uh, what the student is actually questioning and discuss that, please. Okay. Um, with respect to whether I can, um, can be as objective as, as um, John, is the, the answer is yes. Am I opinionated? Also, yes. Do I have more leeway? Yes. I am a blogger. I am not a, I don't, I don't follow the rules of journalism that uh, Mr. Tedesco is obligated to follow. But what I am is truthful. So it's truthful with an opinion truthful with a bias that is that is what's very important in, in general uh, mr tedesco is not allowed based on classic journalism to show his bias i am allowed to show my bias based on the type of reporting that i do and people know that i show my bias i'm a liberal i'm a progressive that's who i am with respect to one of the other questions that was asked uh, as far as if, an, if a, an, an immigrant comes over the border illegally, it showed that they were able, that they are willing to take risks. Yes, they are willing to take risks to come to a place where they think their lives would be better. After they have taken that risk to make sure their life is better, uh, taken, uh, it would be, uh, why would they want to take a risk to be thrown out the other side? So I, I think what uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the young man who asked the question was trying to drive at as well. He's, he's a person that takes risks. There are different types of risk, and it's important that we understand it because many times these things are used as tropes, right? So um, I came to this country from another place because I wanted a better life. Most people who come here want a better life. Hell, the people who came here uh, to populate this place came here for a better life. Most of us who come just wanted a job or wanted a good life. Remember that those who originally came conquered. So I think it is very important for us to have perspective. Um, Nobody is illegal. Immigrants, I feel, if they found a way to get here, I think they should stay. Why is that? The, the, the genesis of this country those who came here stayed. I believe in honesty. I believe in parity. And I think that is what we, we ought to get off our high horse, in my humble opinion, and say, if you are, look, we as a country can stop people from coming in. And that's legal. That is okay. But if somebody is smart enough to get across anyway, I want that person here. Uh, these are just some few general questions that have been pulling about what's the underlying motivation of news media? Um, why is it so easy for people to join in on a conspiracy theory, but yet to then dispel that theory? And then a further question on the same topic is postmodernism infers that there is no existence of objective truths. So is this just um, individual 
personal perspectives. You know, like I mentioned in the beginning of my piece where I talked about the Powell Manifesto, the Powell Manifesto was there to really, really change our psyche. Uh, read the documents when you get a chance. Everything that I talk about is documented. You can read it, you know, in the general sphere. Now, one of the most important things there is that one of the things that was started earlier on, if we look at pre-Reagan, just pre-Reagan, post-Reagan, we saw that everybody attempted to first say distrust the government. The problem, remember what uh, Reagan said, uh, our problem is the government, right? So you distrust the government. What it really means you're distrusting is yourself. We, the people of the United States, is government. And when they've taught you to distrust government, then they can go off on a tangent. Now the private sector is everything. Now the private corp is everything. We teach you that. And given that you don't have a central location now where you can have thoughts that are, uh, you, know, you know, where we can actually ar say an arbitrary place where we can say this is not right or wrong, you have to depend on all those people who have other interests at hand. And if you have a multiple folks that have interests and they all have a profit motive, what do you think things are going to look like? Exactly what we have today, where people distrust the government and, uh, and the, the government who they vote for, but have other, you know, uh, give others interest. There's three questions that kind of tie together that relates back to just what you were saying, Mr. Willies, is when does, at what point does an opinion become misinformation? And is this when you speak it as a fact or is it that posting on social media versus traditional media sources. And then they're saying, well, is it right or is it expected that when someone becomes an elected official, they lose their right or forfeit their right to have their own opinion that might go against what their organization is supposed to be saying? You know, for, for a lot of things, opinions, uh, you know, I mean, if I, if I have a mask on and I know the mask takes care of items that are of a particular micron level and somebody tells me it doesn't work you know i'm an engineer okay so i mean for me it's a little bit more black and white uh, and and that is that is uh, there are certain things that are, that are that occur occur in the opinion field but in my opinion there's not a whole lot that occur in the opinion field there are certain things that are just so uh, when when uh, Abbott went out there, uh, you know, natural reporting has to say to some extent, well, you know, the wind power was a certain percentage. In my case, when I went on to the radio, I said Abbott lied because uh, that is what his intent was. He lied. When he talks about uh, masks, he's lying. I know that there's a certain that an N95 mask does a particular job. People may wear it wrong and still get sick, but wearing masks work. And, you know, there, there are a lot of these issues that are black and white, and we give too many of them plausibility. And I think we have done a disservice to the mass of people in general by allowing that. And, and the people that have done that, again, like I said, with the Paul Manifesto and the Cato Institute and the Heritage Foundation and these guys, they have given so much plausibility to things that all our young people there that are that may be somewhat misinformed, uh, we can't blame them we have to blame what was orchestrated to misinform them. There are very few things that, that are opinions that uh, cannot be said that opinion is simply wrong or that opinion is simply right, in my humble opinion. Really thought of something that, that, that gives a good example. Um, I am for big government 
meaning right-sized government bigger than any corporation, because I think we, the people, should be the ones who decide things, right? We, the people, no corporation should be bigger than we, the people, because I don't want a corporation telling me whether I can do certain things, but we, the people, can decide. Now, some people genuinely believe small government. Those are opinions, right? And there's no right or wrong there. I believe in, in larger government. Somebody else believes in small government. I can, I can talk to that person and we can have opinions there because neither is wrong or right. But when it comes to mask, one is wrong and right. The reason why we chose this event and to cover misinformation in the media this semester is because it's so timely. And that's our goal with the ACE program is to bring you uh, current events, current problems, talk about what's going on and relate it to communication. So I've had a lot of questions specifically asking about a particular topic. And so I wanna open it up to our panelists. For them, if you would like to say anything about a particular announcement that's been made, misinformation, true, false, whatever, I'd just like to give you some time to discuss whatever you would like in relation to all these questions I'm getting from our students about specific happenings we've had here in the past day, week, month, and year, unfortunately. I think when people are grabbing for, um, when people are grabbing for a justification for something that they know is wrong, they'll grab at anything. And I think that is where that comes from. When they know that, when there, there are a lot of isms why these people grab on fallacies and you know what I'm talking about. But what I really um, want, wanted to say to the young people listening is please, Listen to yourself, listen to your minds. I, I work with a lot of young people and I find that young people are smart. I find that they are the ones that are, um, they're, they're sure as hell aren't like my generation, I can tell you that. And, um, and the thing about it is, please, please don't let us pollute those minds because you guys have a whole lot going for you and you can read between i'm not going to say the word like john said you guys can read between the bs i i, I just think that um uh we are not in as bad a place as we think right now one of the persons said uh, how comes you guys always hit fox news and all these other stations to which i said i think in the beginning of the thing that i spoke about I, I went all the way back to McCarthy era. I think I went back to Vietnam. I went back to all of that. And a lot of that with the, um, with the um, Iraq war and all of that wasn't really Fox News. It was really New York Times and several of the other progressive rags that were on board. So when it comes to the mainstream media, uh, I think um, right now Fox News and, and the others get a hard time, but it corresponds to all of them because we also have to remember they're all corporate owned which mean privately owned based on commercials and they need to watch some of the things and how they report we spent well that was me on that panel at uh at uh, the university of houston i hope you like that anyhow folks if you are on youtube support politics done right please by going ahead and hit that join button, hit that join button, and become a part of our PDR Posse. Our PDR Posse generated by our, our PDR Posse, who's kind of run by? Who again? Bridge MCP. How do you do that? If you don't see that join button on YouTube, consider clicking on this right here. Let's see it. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Politicsandright.com slash 
YouTube. Uh, now, you can also if you, you you can also get a cup. Uh, you know, we we even have a cup for the PDR Plus. You can pick it up right here at that link that I just placed in the link. And guess who finally sent us a picture? Guess who finally sent her picture? Well, we're going to put that on rotation right now. That is a cup that's designed by who again? Bridge MCP. And that is Bridge MCP displaying her cup with a nice background. Love that background, Bridge. Pretty cool. Linda E. showing the clip as well. And then, of course, Norman Reynolds. Another supporter. Look, we have a whole bunch of cups out there. I would love more people to send those pictures in. But gosh, why are you guys so shy? I'm only going to put it on here for a while. Anyhow, you can support us by, again, click the join button to become a part of our PDR Posse. Um, if, you, if you don't see that button, you can just go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. You can support us as well by going to politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N. That would provide us that kind of support that's needed. You can also support us via PayPal by going to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Again, that is politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Why support us? What we do is we put the progressive message out there. Real news, not fake news. Real news. We put it out there. We write blogs. I write at least three to five blogs a day, at least three to five videos a day so that we can keep pumping progressive messages into the ethos. We need to make sure to counteract all those paid folks from Russia or wherever these guys are hired. So that's a job that I do and many other small small broadcasters, small producers, that's what they do. So when you see a lot of us doing that, we are trying to make sure that based on how search engines work, etc., we are populating the internet with truth to counteract the lies. And we need your support in helping us do that. You can also get our book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. How do you get that book? The link here is in at Amazon. So you can get it at Amazon at that link that I just pasted in there. But additionally, if you want to get rid of the middleman, you can come to our store. Politicsandright.com slash store. Politicsandright.com slash store. Okay, let me go ahead and start talking to my peeps. Welcome aboard Paul Fleming, Michael Rudnan, Bridge MCP, Tech 777. Uh, Deborah John says Minnesota just granted George Floyd family a $27 million settlement. You know, you hear me talk about racism isn't only paid for. I mean, it's, only, it's not only black folk or Latinos or, or people of color that suffer from racism. Who, where, who paid for that $27 million for what that guy did by murdering uh, Floyd? By murdering George Floyd, every single Minnesotian, or well, likely Minneapolisian or whatever they call them out there, they are responsible for that $27 million judgment against the city. Everybody pays for that one officer being a confounded racist, right? Paul Fleming says, this is like Reagan revolution, except in reverse. Love you, Paul. You hit it on the number. I never, I never thought about it that way. I love the way you said that. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Focus on the positive changes. That is exactly what I'm focusing on, brother. It's positive changes. CNN also said the numbers don't match. Yes, that's because they don't match if you go ahead and look. 
I am not trying to make Biden right or wrong on this one. My thing is that the kind of numbers that he's talking about, let, let me tell you what they're doing here, right? Everybody talks, and including I would say things like, um, I'll come out here and say like uh, some, some, some extrapolated number here and there every so often, not where it matters in policy, like when Donald Trump says that the, uh, the, drug, the, the, the virus is not going to kill you. But I'm talking about things like that, that you're kind of making an equa- a, 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 a comparison, okay? That is understandable. But what a lot of news media like CNN and others are trying to do is given that they had allowed so many lies from Donald Trump to go past and then started correcting every single lie so that they're not called letting ban him off the hook because he's a progressive or he's sort of, you know, not, 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 he's never a progressive, but because he's a near liberal, not letting him off the hook. Every little mistake that he says, if he says uh, something is 325 and he says 324, 326, oh, we got him there. That is what I don't like. That is what I don't like. I mean, it, 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 the numbers here is some people are talking about deaths based on people killed on the battlefield. Some based on deaths caused on the battlefield and the effects of the battlefield. What the numbers? It's not important. What Biden is trying to show here is how huge, over five hundred million, five hundred thousand people dying. How big that is because Americans have all become numb to it. The duck that quacks. Welcome aboard. My guess is that not many Republicans will stand their ideological ground and return that fourteen hundred stimulus payment. Of course they won't, and they shouldn't. They should just take this money and say thank you very much, Democrats. And since we know we're going to need more real support, we'll vote for you the next time. That's all they need to do. Take the money and vote appropriately the next time. Okay, Paul Fleming, I think I call you. Deborah John says, Egberto, don't get me wrong, but the one-time payment, I think I touched on that before. Uh, Let's keep going to see if I see any new people on here. The Duck Duck Quacks, I think I got you. Uh, Para ver, para ver quién. Daniel Ledo. New journalist equal propagandist. If you think so, I know better. Okay, okay, continuing, 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 continuing. Daniel Ledo says, Egberto's fake stories to illustrate his point could, be, could at least be believable. You know what is so funny? Those stories are so true. And you know what is so true about them? Let me tell you how true they are. One of the guys that I mentioned as an example actually wrote a blog post and his blog post with his name his conservative kingwood name is on my site that can be looked up so you see when you try to disparage me oh you you know you're just lying about these i don't need to lie there's a lot of smart people that were just genuinely didn't know and when they find out they want they want to put it out there this guy was happy to tell me i'm no liberal egberto but i see what you're saying and here is my conservative answer to immigration. I didn't agree with how everything that he said as his conservative answer to immigration, but I did agree we had the same outcomes that, guess what? We need immigration. Immigration is necessary. Social Security take a lot of money from undocumented workers that they can never get to pay a lot of workers because of shortfalls. Let's get it right. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Uh, para ver quién más está aquí. Um, para ver, Bridge MCP looked up the Paul Manifesto. It's also at my site. Uh, let's see every case. Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. 
We're corner quiet for a while. Okay, like getting the net in. Uh, the duck that quacks like the interview. And Bridge says, folks, join the PDR Posse. Yes, please join the PDR Posse. If you join now, I'll call you out right now. Also, go ahead and consider getting the book. Okay, let's see who else is here. Let's see who else is here. Eric Hayes, I called you out. Susan Hogan, McNeil McFarlane. Welcome again, Susan. Thank you so kindly for being here. And Su Yes, I did. What did you do, Susan? What did I miss? Okay, Nanette Bird said insurance policy. Eric Hayes says if your numbers be correct. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes. Uh, let's see who else is here. I think I got everybody out. So we are at the end of the program. Look, I know you guys have places you can be. Thank you so kindly for being here. Have a great weekend. I don't know if I'm going to be going live anytime this weekend. I may, if anything of interest come out. Um, I, I am overdue a Zoom with my family of people in the PDR Posse. Hey, PDR Posse guys. Oh, Susan is your sister-in-law. Susan, take a picture with your cup so I can put it out there. Hey, guys, if anybody wants to be in our, uh, our posse, uh, uh, a Zoom, Zoom this month, let me know, and we'll have a Zoom. I'd love to get my conservatives, my liberals, my progressives in a Zoom thing. Last time, we had a lot of fun. Anybody up for Zoom anytime soon, just let me know. Drop me a line, info at politicsandright.com. Info at politicsandright.com. Anyhow, folks, thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh, uh, overdue with an Ashley update. Ashley is uh, doing fine. She has postponed for six months, uh, graduating to December. Uh, she's having a lot of left side uh, issues with uh, the stroke, but she's working hard. Like I said, my baby is a trooper. She's working very, very hard to get the deficiency from the stroke back. You know, after the stroke, she was doing very fine. But because she had the radiation to mitigate some of that stuff, uh, that those, those vessels, the radiation itself damaged areas that created a left side deficiency. And she's working very hard on it. Thank you very much for your interest in my baby. You know, I, that's my baby. Anyhow, folks, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.